Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Happy Monday. It is June 1st. We made it out of May. We got through April. We got through March. We are finally into the summer months. We are here. This is Winning Cures Everything. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And who, what a show today. We got some crazy stuff that happened over the weekend. We're going to talk about a lot of things. We, uh, You know what? Let's go on and just roll into this because I know Chris has got a hard out today. We're going to have to make the show about 45 minutes. Um, WinningCuresEverything.com is the website. Go and check it out. It's got everything you need. Picks, previews, podcasts, videos, social media platforms, all of that wonderful stuff over there. Make sure you are subscribed on all the different live feeds. Uh, I already see quite a few people that are jumping in today. That is a good thing. It's a Monday. You need a little respite from the weekend. Of course, we are here for you. Uh, Make sure you're subscribed on Periscope, on Twitch, on uh, Facebook, on YouTube, and, of course, any of your favorite podcast apps. Uh, the Apple Podcast number is doing really, really well. Make sure you leave a nice review. And if you want to jump in on the live show, the chat box is right there in your bottom left. No matter what platform you are on, if you jump in the chat, it's going to show up on the screen. You can be a part of the conversation. You can help drive the show. We definitely appreciate that. The show brought to you every single day by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. They have got six incredible sports books. You can find more information on them over at tunicatravel.com. They are back open. They are rocking and rolling, and we definitely appreciate them for uh, for always being here. We uh, we like to support them as much as we possibly can. Before we start today's show, over the weekend, uh, it was brought to my attention multiple times that we have a pretty unique platform. We reach a good number of people every single week, every single day, and rather than just ignoring the things that are going on in this country maybe we should take a minute and talk about a serious subject. So, um, without getting Chris involved, without getting anybody in the comment section involved, we don't want, we're not going to talk 
questions. We're not going to any of that kind of mess. We're going to read a brief statement, and then we're going to get out of this topic, and we'll move on to other things. Uh, our show is sports entertainment. We talk about a game. Like, in the grand scheme of things, really not that important. We are a respite from everyday life. We are an escape. That's what we want this show to be. That's what we prefer it to be. Uh, you can spend the other 23 hours of the day talking about whatever you want to talk about. On this one, we're going to talk sports. We're going to have a little fun. We're going to make fun of college football coaches. We're going to make fun of a lot of people. That's what we do. I was asked to use our platform to speak on the situation. Um, the senseless murder of an unarmed black man, George Floyd, in the streets of Minneapolis in broad daylight was an absolute injustice, and it should not be tolerated. Um, we on this show are not the people who have had to live with this constant fear and pain, and we will not be the ones to tell anyone how they should react or how they should feel. Uh, as for our show, if it was not already obvious, we are against racism and injustice of any kind, and we always will be. Um, and that's all we want to say on the matter. I, that's, it's a really serious subject. It is to be taken serious. We hope that you're paying attention to what's going on around you. Uh, on this show, we're going to talk sports, and we're going to have a good time. And now we're going to move into that. First things first, after that, our buddy McKinnon, that's always in the chat with us, always having a good time. He is now officially overseas on military business. He has been deployed. Uh, he'll be gone for a few months. Um, and maybe longer than a few months, really. He's going to be gone for a while, but he will be listening on the podcast. We wanted to shout him out, tell him we uh, we appreciate your service, and uh, and we're going to miss you, buddy, in the live chat. Uh, you you help make every day a lot more fun. We definitely appreciate what you do. Uh, Chris, you want to say anything to McKinnon? No, man, just be safe. Keep yeah. your head on a swivel. You Come got back. that right. Come back. Come got a baby back. on the way now. You got that right. You got that right. His uh, beautiful wife is here in the States, and they are expecting, so... I mean, it'd be nice if he can make it home in time for that, of course. You always want to be there for the first one. Uh, so we hope that everything goes well, and then he will be back uh, talking sports with us and, uh, and giving us a war damn eagle here and there. So uh, first topic of the day, let's go ahead and talk, and, uh, talk a little sports here. Clemson wide receiver Justin Ross is going to be out for the season. Now, I brought this, this up to tough. you. Uh, Brown Yeti jumps in on YouTube, said, what's up? Uh, ben said, we're going to make fun of Kirby Smart today. <laughs> we will give Kirby the day off. Yeah. We beat him up pretty bad Friday, uh, Saturday. Yeah. I will tell you, that, uh, Friday, man, Georgia Twitter. Uh, they are a, a little sensitive. They're fiery. They're fiery. A little sensitive. They beat well, me up pretty good this weekend. for just. Wouldn't you be if you hadn't won a national title in 40 years? No, I don't think I would. I'm just saying. They 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 some serious folk down here in Georgia, man. I I ain't gonna fight them for it. I mean, I'm telling you, I I enjoy uh, the back and forth with Georgia. No, fans. I don't mind. I it. love Georgia. I didn't fans. mind it at all. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So so Clemson wide receiver Justin Ross, he's out for the season. I talked to you about this last week, maybe a week and a half ago, about how he was discussing the idea of having surgery, and how ridiculous it kind of seemed because. You know, at the time, we didn't know he was going to be out for the year. We didn't really know anything because back in spring training, and Clemson's one of the few teams that actually got some practices in, they talked about him having a stinger. Dabo came out and said it wasn't anything serious, no reason to worry. It's not going to be a big deal. Turns out he was born with congenital fusion, which is a spine injury. So he's having spinal surgery 
basically, this coming Friday. Uh, ben jumps in. He said, Dabo said there's a chance he won't ever play again. Uh, that's that's insane. That's, that's going like, to be tragic. A hundred percent. It was first reported, and it was you know it was talked about during the press conference, but it was reported by Grace Rayner at the Athletic. She uh, she covers Clemson for them. Uh, the only wide receiver with real game experience is Amari Rogers. That's it. Now Trevor Lawrence, he's a fantastic quarterback, but you you got to have some weapons. You know, and now I don't think this is going to hurt. I'm certain their... they have recruits come in that are yes. pretty highly talented, and you and me know that you can have plenty of freshmen and sophomores step up that have position. never touched the field before that are super highly rated four star, five star kids that are freak athletes that can do just fine in college football. It sucks for the kid. I'm not worried about Clemson. Clemson's got unbelievable talent. They are the most talented team in the ACC, and it is not close. And by the I'm time they have Clemson. to play. A real team. Uh, now they do play Notre Dame this year, but that's that's November. So by yeah. that point, um, all of those guys are going to be fine. They're all they're not going to be freshmen anymore. So this isn't a massive issue, but it is a big issue because it's Justin Ross. Uh, he is he's a. Uh, it's junior. big for him. It's a big deal for him. And I'm upset about it for him. I think it's still a big deal for Clemson because you don't have that guy right now that Trevor Lawrence is used to, the guy that he has chemistry with, right? So it, I don't think they're in any danger of getting beat at any point early in the season. That's that's just not going to happen. There is no Texas A&M on the schedule. There is no, you know, they, they play November uh, whatever against Notre Dame. That's the, the biggest game on the schedule, basically, other than Florida State, and we still don't know what Florida State is going to be. So Florida State's early, and, I mean, yeah. we as much as we love – Mike Norvell, yeah. I mean, his first year, he's going to have to just clean house for so many of those kids. You got that right. So it, it's a, a scary situation for Ross. Um, we don't know exactly what it's going to mean for the skill position and whatnot at uh, at Clemson. Uh, Amari Rogers is going to have to take over in a big, big way. Uh, and he was, you know, he was good last year. But, you know, how good? We'll see. We'll see. But that's uh, that's a massive story considering Dabo was telling us, you know, just a couple of short months ago that it was no big deal, it was just a stinger, and he was going to be fine. Uh, now we don't know if he's ever going to play again, and that is uh, just a tragic situation there for him. Let's uh, let's jump off of that. Let's move into what happened over the weekend. SpaceX launched on Saturday, and we, we thought, I mean, it was a 50-50 shot, whether they were going to be able to, to get it off or not. Um the Brown Yeti jumps in. He said, I think we will see. Yeah, we'll we'll see about uh, about Justin Ross, but who knows? I don't think it's going to hurt them too much in the long run because, again, by the time uh, by the time they get to November, like those freshmen are going to be growing up anyway. So they'll, they'll have plenty of time to develop some chemistry. Uh, the SpaceX shuttle launch. Like, it, is there anything cooler than watching a spaceship go off into space? No, and this spaceship was awesome. Yeah, it was. <laughs> It I'll tell you this, was. it really sucks. Every news outlet in the country lost the feed to the coolest thing about this spaceship. Elon could have put this damn thing in orbit four years ago, okay? Yes. The reason this rocket is different than anybody else's rocket, any rocket or shuttle that's ever come before, is it can land itself. Usually, 
the the Japanese, the Chinese, the the Russian rockets, and our old shuttles, they would just break off and it would just fall into the ocean and just be left for garbage. And if we collected it, great. It just goes in the trash pile. You throw it away. They can't be reused. This rocket comes back down and lands itself. And as it's doing that, all the feeds cut out. Oh, it was just and so it about an out hour right before later. I found a YouTube clip and I sent it to you and the boys. Yeah. If I was Elon outside of it being just a perfect flawless day, I'd have been pissed at every one of those news companies. <laughs> the coolest thing about my rocket is it lands itself and it reuse it. We can reuse it over and over and over again. And you missed the coolest part. Oh, 100%. That, that YouTube clip was pretty unreal. Oh, no, when you finally get to see it, that's why all I was waiting on is I wanted to see it come back. That's it. I knew it was going to be We were doing the same thing. Like, we we were waiting. We were, you know, and, and of course, you catch the feed, like, it clips, and then you catch it, and it's it's That's right. It's all a blank screen for a minute, and then it comes back, and it's landed, and it immediately looks like, this is fishy. This is fishy. (laughs) And then you actually find real video of it landing. See, I've seen all of the test landings and all that stuff. That's cool. I wanted to watch the live one happen like it did. Um, And it was really cool. It was really cool. I went yesterday to NASA's Twitter page and, uh, and they had all of the little videos of the two um, astronauts, Bob and Doug, that they did like on their way there in the 19 hour flight there. And then when they actually got into the space station, just, I, I, I kind of nerd out about this stuff, even though I know nothing about it. It's the thing that if I, if you could tell me you could be the smartest person in the world about anything, sorry, I'm probably not going to use my powers for good and cure cancer or heart disease or anything like that. I want to know about space. I just think it's neat. I yes. think it's really cool. Oh, it's it's fantastic. I mean, I, my wife and I sat in here and watched it. My daughter was watching. Like it's, yeah. it's just it, there's something about it that it it's incredibly neat, incredibly different. You don't get to see it all the time. Obviously, this is you know nine years after the last time a space shuttle was launched, and it used to happen fairly regularly, whether it was satellites yeah. or whatever else. Um, but it, you know, it's been nine years. Uh, I, th- I would say this. Uh, I ahead. think it's going to begin to happen regularly. Yeah. Boeing is supposed to launch one this year as well. Theirs, um, I don't know if theirs can land or not, but it's a rocket. And um, I it, I don't think it's going to be long before this becomes a much more regular thing because the cost of, forget your politics or whatever, letting private companies do these things, the cost of doing it, is substantially cheaper to the country than what it used to be. Oh, 100%. The cool thing about this was SpaceX, the first private enterprise to yes, launch sir. a rocket into space. Uh, it's never happened. So, never of happened. course, it's cool. It's always been government done, and that's why they just, this is this is the libertarian in me coming out. That's why they just take, well, we don't use that piece anymore. Just throw it in the ocean and throw it away. We don't give a shit about it anymore. Elon's like, no, no, that thing cost me $100 million. No, we're going to find a way to land that bastard. We're going to reuse gonna it 100 times. It. Uh, Joseph Gomez jumped in on YouTube. He said, you wonder if flat earth people are mad when they watch the video. Uh, it is and always will be around. Like, yeah, well, they, they, I think, I think we have put flat earthers to bed at some point in time. If you're still a flat earther, you're just, you have to just be doing it to piss people off. Well, and here's the deal. Like it, they're going to believe what they want to believe. They're just going to think that the, uh, the images were, you know, 
photoshopped or you know it's all just a we're we're i think we're past that there was a day and a time you would think you so. want it to have a conspiracy theory about the moon landing because the technology is what it was back then that's fine we can have that conversation i disagree with you we can have now we've put too many damn people into space okay and we have too much shit up there that we yes. know is up there making all of our shit work all right <laughs> so yeah you got that right you got that right um, all right, let's move into uh, a, another topic that is a little more somber, um, not one that you want to talk about on a Monday. No, but, but he, he lived an unbelievable life. I don't know that the end of someone's life is always somber. Uh, rest in peace, Pat Dye, uh, Auburn coach from 1981 to 1992. He was the uh, athletic director at Auburn from 81 to 91. Uh, he had a 99-39-4 and record in 12 seasons. He had it, at least a share of the SEC championship. This is before the SEC championship game. In That's 83, right. 87, 88, and 89, his Auburn teams won at least 10 games in a season, four times, went to bowl games six times. Now, back then, it was not as easy to get to a bowl game. That's right. That's uh, right. He was three-time SEC Coach of the Year, 1983 he uh, National Coach of the Year, excuse me, coached a Heisman Trophy winner, Bo Jackson, in 1985, an Outland Trophy and Lombardi Award winner, Tracy Rocker, in 88. He had 21 All-Americans. 71 All-SEC players, and 48 academic All-SEC players. Um, he goes to East Carolina. He was at Wyoming. Um, he was, you know, he was incredible. And he was such an incredible personality. I think the thing that Auburn will remember him most for is that he is the coach that finally got the Iron Bowl moved away from Birmingham, which yep. at the time was a seismic advantage for the University yes. of Alabama. Uh, he got it moved back to, not back to, but moved to home, uh, home. home and home. And they finally got to play Alabama at Jordan-Hare, and it was a So I went, I was 15, 16 years old? 16, maybe. I don't know. I was in 10th grade. Let's, whatever, however <laughs> the hell old I was then. Um, when uh, I went to the Iron Bowl at Legion Field, I had, my dad somehow got tickets and, it was one of the things he wanted to do for my birthday. And so me and a buddy, Justin Moss, um, went to Birmingham and, uh, and met up with my dad and his cronies. And we pretty much just hung out together by ourselves all day. Neither one of us Bama fans, neither one of us Auburn fans, but at an event that we thought was cool to go to for a college football fan. And yeah, it's a hundred percent Bama fans. And like, I, we saw very few Auburn fans there. Yeah. And I was like, Holy crap. And that, at that point in time, that's like early '90s. This is not dominant Alabama that we know of today. This is those teams are pretty neck and neck. Oh yeah, and it's still dominant Alabama fans. And I, I kind of used to think, why, why did, why do they not just play at home? And they they moved know. it to Tuscaloosa for the Alabama side because in in the '90s, Alabama played their home game against Auburn at Legion Field, and yeah. it made sense because Legion Field at the time. Held more people, right? It's yes, it did. Yeah, that's right. Before Um, Tuscaloosa happened, and then of course they did the renovations in '98 into the '99 season. Uh, 2000 is when they really started uh, all of that. But yeah, 2000 was the uh, the first one where you know they had Auburn on campus, and 2000 was a bad year. Mike Dubos and that bunch. uh, I I sat in the rain in 2000 and watched Tommy Tuberville hold up them fingers and. I got it. To, I was I was very 
upset with it. It was nine to nothing was the score, and it was pouring rain. We sat in the rain and watched that dreadful three and eight Alabama football team. It was awful. It was awful. Um, I, I I do think Bama won the year I went. I don't remember. I don't remember a lot of that trip. I remember hanging out with my buddy more than I remember the game. Um, but I, I do remember it was perfect weather. Like, the like Brown we Yeti. brought jackets and we didn't bring them at all. Oh yeah, I mean it's a hey, Birmingham. It, really in November, like in Alabama, typically no, really wasn't bad perfect weather. Really yeah. wasn't. Here, I feel like Memphis is always rainy and nasty, and we're, November, we're three yeah. hours away from them. But anyway, their weather was great that day. It was just perfect fall yeah, day. It, it all depends on the day, obviously. The Brown Yeti right. said, "Do you think it would matter today?" And I'm not sure what he's talking about. If you could expound, if it on was that. played neutral side, I think I think if it was played neutral side, would it matter today? Maybe is what he's asking. Uh, yes, because Auburn has would. Auburn's won a national title. Auburn's that still in Alabama access to tickets. No, a hundred percent, Bama would still overrun that place. They've got more money and they've got more people. Yes, I, I think it would matter today because I, I think there is something – there is a mystique about Jordan-Hare Stadium. And you well, can ask any fan of the SEC. Birmingham was a place where Alabama played some home games. Yeah, I mean, that, they played two or three like, a year. You, you, you can't say we play two or three games a year here and then we're going to play one neutral site game here and the other team coming for the neutral site never plays a game there. Like – that's just that's just not realistic to yeah, ask the other team to bring half the fans. It's just not normal. No, no, it's absolutely not normal. It's which is why people in the yeah. SEC have a gripe that the SEC headquarters being in Birmingham in a place where Alabama played home games for yeah. twenty years. Yeah, that's uh, a well problem. longer than that, really. I mean, they played in Legion Field forever. Um, so. But yes, it's it's a little. It is what it is. I mean, you know, Pat Dye was amazing. The yes, fact he was. That, what I know about him is from Bo Jackson. The things that I have read and studied, Bo Jackson is, was, and probably always will be my favorite college football player of all time because he was the the hero of my youth. Yeah. Okay. There's something about falling in love with a guy when I'm six years old, nine years old, whatever, that matters so much more than falling in love with a guy when I was 17. You know, that it's just, it, doesn't you're never going to love something at 17 the way you did at nine when we're talking about these types of things. Well, those, those are the uh, the years where you grow your sports fandom. It's it's between that, eight and and 100%. twelve. Um, so that's that's where you become a massive fan of certain teams. You know, it's it's how I became right. a Steelers fan. It's how you know all that kind of mess, right? So it, it is what it is. Um, the Pat Dye thing, you know, obviously. Uh, he is just an incredibly well-respected uh, member oh, of the yeah. SEC community. And, you know, it, it was a shame he went out uh, from Auburn the way that he did, uh, you know, at, under scrutiny of NCAA violations, all, all that different kind of mess. Uh, but when it comes down to it, he was incredibly successful as a coach at Auburn. He, uh, he came from the Bear Bryant coaching tree. I mean, he, he was an assistant coach at Alabama before he ever got his first head coaching job um, and then took over. At Auburn, I mean, after, back back in that day, that's how rival coaches got their jobs. By the way, yes. like we forget, like Woody Harrelson and Bo Schembechler, like like Woody Woody coached for Bo, yeah. and he left there to go to Ohio State because Ohio State was like, "Hey, man, we can't beat these guys. Let's hire their defensive coordinator, and then maybe we can beat them." Like that that was kind of a more normal thing than it used than it is today, especially. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, now today you've got. Tennessee hiring Jeremy Pruitt off of Alabama staff. You've got Georgia hiring Kirby Smart off of Alabama staff. 
you kind of got some of the same stuff going on. But it wasn't common. Uh, so, so, I mean, that, but that, those are iconic staffs and iconic guys. And when you win national championship after national championship, those guys are going to get poached. These weren't that. Okay. No, no you're right. I'm a, you know that that this this just wasn't this wasn't that. This uh, wasn't and, and everybody's be, clamoring for those coaches that are coming out of Alabama. Right. To be fair, um, it you know, he didn't go straight from Alabama to Auburn. Right. He he went from Auburn to East Carolina to Wyoming and then back over to Auburn. Like, it, that's the way it went. And But you had to work your way up to a job like Auburn. Uh, the game was different than the way it is today. completely Today different. you could be an OC yes. for one season, have a great year, and then you get poached by anybody. You got that right. You got that right. The last time that, uh, that a, a coach that was as well-respected as that went straight from Alabama to Auburn was uh, Brother Oliver. Bill Oliver in 1995. Oh yeah, I for, yeah. dude, I forgot all about him. That's oh, yeah. right. So it, he, I did forget all about and, him. And he didn't go to be a head coach. He no. went to be the defensive coordinator under Terry Bowden. Uh, That's right. Now he eventually yeah, he, he got, Terry's, yeah. yeah. Now Terry got run out. Um, here we go. The Brown Yeti said, "Strengthen your team and weaken your rival." I love it. Yeah, yeah but that, that was that was kind of the way things were done back then. Um, so I am I wrong on that? Like I I never feel super somber about seeing people who live these great, unbelievable storied lives and think, yes, rest in peace. And I mourn for their family and I feel bad for them. But this guy left, a, he, he lived a great life. And he left an and everlasting a long legacy. And, like, and, and he did big things and he saw incredible things. And I just think, God, if I could do a, a, a fraction of that, I'll call my life a success and take me home, brother. Like yeah. I, I don't know. I just never, I never feel somber for those things. And maybe, maybe I should. I don't, I also don't really know how to grieve for I, things. Hey, I'm, I'm in the same boost. boat. I, I don't know how to, how to cry. I don't know how to feel about I know how to cry. Things. I'm a huge cry baby, but it's different. It, like, this know. is not something that I would cry over. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of people that grew up and, and Pat Dye was the coach when their fandom was established. You know, and that's kind of a. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell deal. you this. I'm going to bet there was a lot of players where Pat Dye was the father that they never had. Oh, I mean, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, I mean, I look back at my life growing up, and when my grandfather died, and I got into sports, almost every coach I had, Coach Nut, in in Little League, Coach Pitch Baseball. Um, you know, God, you know, I spent my entire summers with his family, and he yeah. knew I didn't have a dad, and he. My mom worked two jobs and he picked me up and he made sure I was at practice and he got me home and he drove me to the tournaments and he did, a, he didn't do that for any other player. Yep. Yeah. I so. remember. I remember I was on that team. So yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was crazy. Uh, let's see. Ben said, well, yeah, you're a Bama fan. Of course you wouldn't cry. Well, no, and what I'm saying, <laughs> what I'm saying is typically take all the Bama shots. You won't. Uh, yeah, Fair yeah, game. Yeah, hey, Absolutely knock yourself out. As long out as we're punching up, you're good. Uh, the Brown Yeti said, I'm with you, Chris. Death comes for all of us on this earth. It is the uh, the one thing that's for sure. Some are tragic. We yes. talked about one before we started the show. And then some are in celebration of man. What a fantastic it's, life. Now, if I'm his son, if I'm his grandchildren, great-grandchildren, yeah, that's today's a tough day, and I feel for them. I yeah. absolutely feel for them. And I'm not. The and like, so I think of... I can't think of Pat without Bo. That's it. I think of the guy that got me through everything, and I wanted to be. I I literally thought Superman was a real person oh, yeah. when I watched Bo Jackson. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. As an Alabama fan, I mean, 
even I have to uh, have to respect him because he was just unbelievable. And yeah, it was the same I've never thing seen with Pat Dye. Like that. And I've never seen him like that afterwards either. I, I mean, there's uh, a lot of people that try to compare freakishly studdish running backs to Bo. Bo came after Herschel. I didn't really get the Herschel stuff, but Herschel is a absolute yeah. monster and freak as well. Um, I don't know that. I don't know that I just, but some of that's fandom. I'm going to always ride with my guy over the other guy, but I've never seen anybody else do what he was able to do. Oh, no. No, not at all. Not at all. I was uh, I was lucky enough to be in attendance for Pat Dye's last football game as an Auburn head coach. There you go. And his players, they Alabama beat them 17 to nothing. That was Gene Stallings' national championship year. Yeah, that was uh, the Miami was that, year, right? Uh, yeah, that was the year they beat Miami 34 to 13. Sugar Bowl. Sugar Bowl. Sugar Bowl. Um, and it was, Lord, it was the first, like, number two versus number one in like, five or six time. years. It had been a long time. Yes. Um, and it just happened to fall that way because of all the, the bowl tie-ins. Yes, right? right. So, but, uh, Before but yeah, the BCS. Pat Dye, you know, yes, they got beat 17 to nothing. They went, like, five and six that year. It was not great. Um, yeah. You know, it, but the players still respected him, still carried him off the field, and, and they all knew that it was it was the end of his yeah. run there. Uh it is an interesting thing. You don't see a lot of this anymore, and I think it's smart now, obviously. But Pat Dye being the athletic director at Auburn while he was the active head coach for 10 well, years. Is organizations were much smaller then, which I'll tell you this. Things weren't near. We, schools didn't have all the problems they had when they were a lot smaller governed. Okay. Agreed. Well, there also was now, not nearly as much money involved. Oh no, they didn't have the dough. They didn't have the dough. The only reason, the only way you could pay a coach was to give him more jobs, so you could basically give him two salaries. Yeah, you basically, yeah. That's it. That's, That's it. it. So, uh, all right, Dam- let's jump. Damien, by the way, said all deaths are tragic except if Trump dies. Then that'll be a party. Oh, all right, come on now. We're gonna. Uh, you know we don't I talk don't politics. Wish death on anybody. You know we don't talk politics on this show. Good gracious. Come on, Damien. You better net. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, David Price. Let's talk about him for a little bit. We're going to talk uh, Major League Baseball here. Yeah, right here. Uh, yeah, especially, uh, especially after this. David Price has been a Dodger for less than four months and is yet to throw an official pitch for the organization. But 
the former Cy Young pitcher has pledged to donate $1,000 to every minor league player in the Dodgers farm system that is not on the 40-man roster for the month of June. Uh, that is 221 players. He is giving these guys $221,000. Now, he did sign a seven-year, $217 million deal on December 2015 uh, with the Boston Red Sox. He was scheduled to earn $32 yes. million this season uh, yes. before the he pandemic. Is, he, is high, he is highly paid. He is yes. highly compensated, and he has had an unbelievable career. Here's my issue. This is what I love about what Price is doing, okay? He's never played for this organization. He's never played for this team ever in his life. He literally was traded there five minutes ago, okay? Yeah. And he is willing to do more than 98% of the owners that are ultra-millionaires, billionaires, that pay him his $230 million check, okay? And he says, I know what it's like to be those guys, which he really doesn't because he was a phenom being drafted out of college and spent just enough time in, in the rookie ball yeah. before his arbitration. Th- it's just a weird contract thing where no rookies come in at day one because of a control thing during their contracts. Yeah, but he, he started that. basically double uh, A, moved immediately to triple A. But then in the sing- single year, he was the phenom, but willing to say, you know what? I know these guys don't live good, and I know they're broke, and I know they're struggling. And for us to not take care of them is a shame. I got a thousand bucks. I'm putting on it. Well, here's, I got it. here's the deal. For those of you that don't know that aren't paying attention, the backstory is this: uh, these major league baseball franchises, the team owners, etc., uh, basically stopped paying the minor league players. They just they cut them out. It doesn't matter about the contract. There's no season right now. The minor leagues are not going to get to play, um, even if Major League Baseball fires back up. It's not going to happen. It's all driven by fans. Like That's right. we we had Lynn Simon, an attorney from California, on, uh, who is a minor league team owner or a, a co-owner. Yeah, and he kind of explained the stuff to us. If you want to go back and find the uh, the podcast, uh, he he kind of explained everything to us about how that is run, and they get you know the the team handles the players, they provide the players, and then everything else with that team is basically run by fans. That's it. Yeah. So if there's no fans, there's no minor league. The people who own and run the Redbirds here in Memphis don't pay the players. They don't draft the players. They don't pick the players. They don't make any coaching decisions for the players at all. Correct. They literally provide a facility for them to play in and market the team to draw fans, and that's how they make their money. They have no say in the players. It's all the 30-team owners that control the players at all the minor league levels. Right. So David Price willing to step up and say, I'm going to do more than these billionaire owners are willing to do. That's a big deal to me. I just think that speaks to his character. This is a guy that's been, and here's why I like this. This is a guy that's been labeled weird and different. And he's like a video gamer when he's not like, he's not your typical meathead ball player, smart kid, went to Vanderbilt. Um, He, he's, He's been seen as like hard to get along with or not like a good locker room guy. And I think that's because he's super introverted. He's just not. Oh, yes. He's a different kind of cat. And and it's it's okay for him to be different. He, you know, he's still a good dude. And this this just you get to see a side of him we don't normally get to see. But mainly because he doesn't let it out 
because he just doesn't feel comfortable doing it. Well, to, okay. be, to be fair, there was a story coming out about David Price uh, that came out over the weekend that said he did not want this to be public. He did, no, he yeah. did not want them to uh, publicize it, um, and yet it leaked out, and it, it became a bigger thing than it was, and it kind of led some others. Uh, ben jumps in. He said, it's sad how small-town baseball has rotted away painfully slow for the past 60 years. Yeah, small-town baseball... Uh, look, there's 200 and what, what did they say? 210 minor league franchises across this country. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's too yeah. many. It's Mainly just too many. it's just, you have a supply and demand problem. There's just college baseball has gotten better and better and better. And that has killed the minor leagues. Yeah. Well, especially because people are, I mean, people have emotional investments in that. Yes. They, they don't they care about the teams. Jersey of that college player already because of the school that they represent. Therefore they have an instant fandom. Um, and most of these are state schools, which have a, a, a basically a, a built in free, a tax free exempt to build these facilities, to make them really nice. Would you rather live in a college dorm and have guaranteed meals for you every day or, or, or play for a pretty low price or live with some host family in the middle of nowhere and play in the shittiest minor league field you could make up? Exactly. Uh, like that's the problem is college based. We need to get rid of so many minor league systems and just basically have a a, a rookie ball, a double A, a triple A, and then everything else just goes away. Yeah. Then all of those smaller systems will be way better, way uh, better. Along with David Price, over the weekend we learned about the Minnesota Twins are going to start paying more for these minor league players. The Nationals, uh, they have changed course. Big article today on ESPN. Uh, the Nationals changed course, told their minor leaguers on Monday they will receive their full weekly stipends of $400 through June after reliever. And that's, and that's what the Twins are given to is right. uh, $400 weekly. And I guess that's a standard thing that all the leagues probably collectively bargain. Yeah. Um, but this whatever. Is, and it's not a lot. Hell, it ain't a lot. But No, no. But let, let me shout out the guy that, that got this running. It was uh, reliever Sean Doolittle. Uh, he tweeted that the team's major league players would cover a planned cut in those payments. So the players for the Nats were going yep. to cover this. Yep. And and instead of them covering it, now the Nats are going to do it. Uh, Doolittle wrote on Twitter that Nationals major leaguers held a video uh, conference call after the Athletic reported Sunday that the club would be releasing more than two dozen minor league players and reducing stipends for players in the minors from $400 to $300 per week. Um, you know, that's it's good. I mean, they're making change here, and it's it's not right that these guys sign these contracts and go in and they are working for this team and when everything goes away, uh, they just get tossed to the curb. Like, it sucks. But obviously things are, are – everything's fluid right now. It is when, what when it you, is. When you're playing baseball for a living, it's tough. I mean, it's yes. tough. You're playing a game. You're playing a sport. And until you get to the level that makes money, you don't get to make money. You just have to do it for nothing. And so many other fields and industries are like that. I mean – you, you and I are, are you're, you're super close, and you know the band and the music industry. Those guys are dying right now. Yes. Um, the small town bands that make their living off of touring all these little cities and towns. And, and, and then you've got the same thing in, in another world that we follow and are close to is the stand-up comedian world. Like, those people can't even do, like, Facebook Live, Periscope Live events and ask for donations because you just can't, you just can't do stand-up without an audience. It's exactly. Just not, it's just not possible. No, it's, it's impossible. Minor league baseball is a lot like these other industries. And I feel for them 
I'm glad these big boys are stepping up and helping out. And it's, it's one of the, I wish the owners would do more. There isn't a, you know, a billionaire owner for bands that can, that can help pay all the bands. And there isn't a billionaire owner for comedians that can help comedians or whatever, or whatever your right. art form is that you follow. I'm sure there's more. Those are just two that we know. Once everything um, opens back up, man, I got to tell you, it is going to be overloaded with just opportunities, with things for you to go out and do. I mean, it, it's going to be too much. There's not going to be enough people to go around for all these things. Well, and so many people have been struggling financially. Exactly. Like, how am I going to pay a $10 cover charge and buy yeah. three, four beers? 40 million you know, people. Every, you know, every week or whatever to these things because people are tight right now. The other problem I have with that is bands are a little bit better off for that. So many of the comedy world, if you're a young up-and-comer, you're not going to get stage time no. for three, four months. No. Because... Every big name, big swing and dick comedian is going to go down to the lower level clubs again just to regrease their wheels for a while before they step up back into the theaters and the stadiums and yeah. these other places. It's going to take a while. And you're, you're just not, if you're a guy that wants to do an open mic night and you're really just getting started, you're, you're not going to have a place for another three, four months. I mean, like, you not look, to mention, look there's towards a lot the of, end of the fall. A lot of venues closing down because of this. Like that's uh, that yeah. also takes away. Well, that sucks too. Is how many of these places that were hosting these things are even going to be open? Yeah. So the opportunities for the big boys will always be there. I think bands, music's just an easier thing to do. I mean, I I watched a friend do a Facebook live video last night, yeah. and Chris Allen. Yep. It's unbelievable. He does them on Sunday nights. I love them. I love them. To death. Justin Moore, my buddy from Justin Moore. Yeah, Justin Moore. Yeah. yeah, Mike, Mike, and uh, uh, Zach and Zach. Yep. I've been doing them and you know, you throw them a couple of bucks on their Venmo and it's really entertaining. They earned it. I'm not just giving them something for nothing. They gave me an hour of entertainment. I like it a lot. Yeah. And, and I got something. They have a platform they can do that with. Yeah. Not, not most, most people do not. Comedians. I oh, mean, comedians don't. They don't. I mean, it's just impossible to do that. Um, Get into the comments real quick. Damian Estrada said the BS that MLB and these players are arguing about is really stupid and childish. He said, uh, the world has more important things to be worrying about than money, damn it. Uh, it's so frustrating for fans yes. because we're all out here broke as hell, dying, struggling, just trying to make ends meet, and we just want some baseball. That's all we want. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and I we get understand what they're fighting about is important to them, and it's important to their industry, and I fully support collective bargaining, and I understand it. But there's another part of me that says, you know, God damn it, let's work this thing out some other time and just get back to the playing baseball for me. Yeah, I, well, and I'll say this. Uh, we don't always agree with Clay Travis, but his no. his idea with how this th whole thing could be solved very quickly is, okay, you get paid for this season, whatever you want to get paid, and or not whatever you want to get paid, but what whatever will come in, you work through that, and it can either count towards your contract year or it doesn't have to. It's up to the player. You decide whether or not you want to get to free agency quicker or you don't. Um, ben jumps in. He said, random thought, but Memphis sure has one of the best minor league stadiums based on pictures I've ever seen. Yes, AutoZone Park yep. is magnificent. Now, AutoZone Park, when it first opened, yes. is incredible. I will tell you, so I years ago when AutoZone Park opened, how old is that stadium? It's been a while for a while now. It's been 15 years. When it first opened, it was, for like 10 years, the best minor league stadium in the country. And I got like a calendar of minor league stadiums. There's one in the Rockies. 
that like has a backdrop of the Rocky mountains. And it was like this purple sunset or whatever. And I was just like, Holy shit. I thought Memphis was nice. Now maybe inside it is a dump, but that view is incredible. I'm sure the view is, is worth whatever the price of admission is. We, we don't have a view like that. We got a really nice building that AutoZone forked over some cash for. You got that right. Uh, the Brown Yeti said, it is possible to do stand-up without an audience. I do it all the time. It's called my life. Uh, I still haven't figured out how to make money yet. Yeah, 100%. Well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, no. Making no, we, money as a comedy comic guy is tough. Yes. Real tough. It most certainly is. It takes a lot of years. But, hey, you keep rolling. Uh, Damien yeah, said, I hope baseball doesn't come back. It's long, and hell, or long as hell and a little boring. Hey, oh. I, I, I love baseball. I've, I've loved baseball since I was a kid. Uh, I don't watch every game. But I would like to have it on in the background. That's the perfect game for dads. You just have it on. You can check the score, see what's going on, see if it's something important that you need to watch, and then you go from there. So uh, you've only got a taking couple more. Your, uh, go taking your kid. Well, I can, I can go a little bit earlier. I, I got a text message saying it's okay to push back a little. Okay. Um, taking your kids to games. Yes. NBA games are probably pretty fun. Basketball is a good sport to do. Not necessarily NBA. Basketball as a sport. Football, that, I, maybe it's because I have girls. That is going to be long, long, even if they were boys, many, many, many years before I would take them to a football game. 100%. Because when I'm at a game, I'm paying attention to what's going on in the game, and I don't want to be daddy. But baseball is, in my opinion, the best sport for it because of its well, slow for, pace. For families, yes. Yes, it is the best sport to take your kids to. Getting a hot dog, getting some nachos, walking around, letting them play the little carnival games. You're not missing much. No, and it's it's fantastic. I mean, it, you can actually yeah. you can it is, sit down and it pay is attention. my favorite. Yeah, it's the only but, sport I'm probably going to take my kids to for a while because I'm not spending that kind of money getting them into basketball games or football games knowing I don't want them there. I don't want to be a dad right now. I want to pay attention to what's going on on the court or the field. Yes. Uh, the Brown Yeti said, I prefer college baseball a little more, but I'll take any baseball right now. Yeah, and then I'll take Joseph, any baseball right yeah, now. Joseph Gomez said, is the 12-inning doubleheader – Six innings each, still an uh, option on the table. I don't think well, so. I thought they were talking seven innings. I think, Yeah, they were talking seven innings. Uh, I heard seven in some doubleheaders, but I, I haven't know. heard about the 12-inning doubleheaders. I, I, I heard about it for a little while back in, like, early April. I don't think that's still on the table. I'll take any plan they got. Yeah, I really just whatever. Will. Just get baseball back on TV, man. Just come on. I, I need something yeah. during my work day to, to pay attention to that's live. Like, I swear to God, I've watched so many old games. Uh, and it's mostly it's it's all football right now. But it, I just want to get back to listen. I just need a reason to get to get out of here and to get back to Fenway. There you go. I can believe it. All right, let's uh, let's close up today's show. Let's uh, let's wrap it up with. Da, 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 write my time down. We're gonna wrap up the show with NBA small market teams want all thirty teams to return to action. They want the season to keep rolling. Um, and I can understand where they're coming from. I, I didn't, at first, my initial thought was take the 16 teams and take them down. It's a lot easier to put 16 teams in a bubble than it is to put 30 teams in a bubble, right? And that's the bubble is what they are focusing this whole plan on, right? Yep. They're not coming back until July 31st. I wouldn't be okay with the 16. If you're going to do the bubble and go straight to playoffs, you got to open it up to more than 16, 22, well, that, 24. That's the 16, though. It's like it's eight teams from each. But you already each have 16 playoff teams every year. That's what I'm saying. Like, it just it just take the playoff teams. And no, just go you, you got to expand the playoffs because you don't know who could have made it on those bubble teams. You got to let them in. I mean, I, 
You got. You just have to. You just in, have to. In the to. East, you had a five-game lead for it the Magic. But in it's the principle West, of the matter. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. So, the so the league. plan. It, but that was that was my thought. That was never what the the league was going to do. The plan. The league was going to bring twenty-two teams, and yeah. basically do like a little bit of a round robin and whatnot. And I, I'm not going to get into the details of it. Uh, nope. You can go. I was on. Uh, they were going to start playoffs immediately, but in a different kind of playoff format. Yeah, well, they, they were going to do, what is it, five games to lead in? And it was, yeah. uh, and then you would do like a round robin for that last, uh, the last playoff seed, and then go from there, whatever. Um, uh, let's see. Damien, by the way, said uh, if baseball does come back, they should find a way to prevent people from getting hit in the head with these balls and bats uh, uh, rather than worry about If they about haven't done already the nets all the way down for all 30 teams. Then, then we have a different problem with baseball. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, when I was at Fenway, they had the nets all the way down. At most, it, most teams do. I think all teams. I think all teams are supposed to have it by this year. But even still, even if you, there's just no way it didn't affect your view at all. The best seats in the house are right behind home plate, are right behind the dugout, and and they've been having the nets the the entire existence of baseball. Yeah. So. You know, uh, the Brown Yeti, the Brown Yeti said about the NBA. Let's get back in the NBA. Yeah. Top six teams will be the only ones that'll win it. So just expand it. Really, I mean, you can basically put that up to the top four seats. Uh, yeah, I was about to say. I don't think anything outside of uh, that's going to win. Joseph said, "Let the twenty second seed beat the Lakers or Bucks, and then they're screwed." Yeah, that's that's what they want to avoid happening. Is uh, they're still going to have seven game playoff series? Like that's still going to happen. So the odds of these upsets very very small, very small. Um, very rarely do you get an eight seed over one seed or a seven seed over a two seed. That, that just doesn't happen very often. Um, I mean, we'll see about this year. I mean, we don't know what this is going to be like. But but obviously, if you are in, uh, an upper seed, you are going to get more chances to get those wins than, you know, just having a five-game series or something along those yeah. lines. So, uh, so they're still going to do that. But uh, it, you explained this to me really, really well. Explain where the small market teams are coming from. Well, I don't even know that it's the small market teams as much as it's the players. Um, so I, I, I read something today about the money breakdown. I don't think – now, this is all based off of something I read today, okay? So this is where my information is. It could be right. could be completely wrong. I read something wrong all the time. NBA players don't make any money. They don't get game checks or playoff checks, okay? So if you're a player, they you want to finish the season – so you can get paid for all those games that you didn't play, all right? Okay. And and if they just jump straight into the playoffs, they would figure out a way to give them some money for it, but the owners basically take all the playoff money, they throw it in the revenue pile, and make a lot of money off of the playoffs, and that goes to raising the salary cap next year because of the amount of money and revenue that they took in the year before. So – it's always been a good deal for the players to not worry about making playoff money. Some players have uh, bonuses Incentives. thrown into yeah. their contracts and things of that nature, but that's not a standard thing. That is an individual player or coach thing. Um, but but if you're a a you know fair to middle and run of the mill player, you want to finish these games so you can finish getting paid this year. Because if you just start the playoffs. I don't know what they do with all that leftover money they were supposed to pay these guys and all the players that didn't make the playoffs. Do you just, well, sorry, we're not finishing. You didn't play those last games, so I can't pay you for those last games. Yeah. 
Um, and there's a very there's always a financial aspect to oh, every one of these like, deals. You're looking at it. From the, the only reason side. we have any of the problems we have, by the way, is money. Um, right. You're so. you're looking at it from a player side. Uh, the article that I was reading near the end of the NBA's Board of Governors call on Friday, Oklahoma City Thunder owner Clay Bennett delivered an impassioned soliloquy on why the league and owners need to consider the competitive and financial plights of small market teams that could be left out of the season's summer resumption in Orlando, Florida and the potential symbolic power of all 30 teams gathering there to play as one United uh, Association. So, what this whole thing boils down to, uh, the NBA had planned on inviting 22 teams to restart the season, and it was just the teams that really had a playoff shot. Um, Bennett wanted to know, was there a way to bring back all 30? He said, the inequities facing smaller markets had to shape the league's thinking. Uh, Nine months without games, March to December, could have an impact on developing players, cultivating sponsorships, and selling tickets in markets where franchises struggle to gain a hold. Uh, For those teams left out of the playoffs, there's already been dialogue on the possibility of a mandatory summer training camp and regional fall leagues of four or five teams that could bridge the lengthy gap between seasons. Uh, Those are ideas many teams consider vital, and there's an expectation that the NBA will raise possible scenarios such as these with the Players Association. Uh, He said the message was something bigger, reminding people that some teams can't just reopen the doors in nine or ten months and so easily sell tickets or a sponsorship without having uh, played basketball for that long. Um, I mean, that's that's a big part of this is, I mean, the Grizzlies are a small market team. They've got a devout fan base, but it is not a massive fan base. No, no, they can't sell out tomorrow just by opening the doors. Here's the other thing right. they got to think of. These small market teams are legit in that sponsorship money. Listen, if you're... I, like a company, a, a Memphis-owned company that that bought a sponsorship for the FedEx Forum for you know for the for the Grizzlies or whatever, okay? Right. And your banner electronically ran all the way around the forum, you know, thirty-five times during a game of some sorts, okay? You paid for the year, all right? You're not getting any money back. Yeah. And when the next season starts, they're gonna ask for another check, and I don't know that they're gonna prorate what last year's was. So you might lose some because these are locally owned stores and businesses. Now they're obviously super profitable businesses, or else they wouldn't be advertising. Right. But how profitable are they right now? But are they profitable enough to say, oh, I can just piss away a quarter of the season in my returns and that'd be just fine? Yeah. That that's that's the, issue. the issue. Damien said NBA should have the teams in group stage teams like in the World Cup and have the top two teams of each group play for the title. And the last two teams play for the number one pick instead of having a lottery draft. Um, I would love the the Bill Simmons has done a thing yeah. where he breaks down the whole World Cup scenario. I would actually really enjoy a World Cup scenario. And instead of the lottery, you have the bottom teams play for the number one, number two, number three pick. You have them play yeah. for it. I'd be and okay the winners that, get it, not the losers. Yeah, as opposed to an actual lottery with ping pong balls and where it's just the luck of the draw. I'm not saying do it forever, but this year we got a weird jacked up year. Yeah, make it entertaining. Give Let's people go. a reason to watch. Yeah, like that's the no, I'm, I'm honest, and I absolutely think there's enough courts in Orlando that you could absolutely play out all 30 teams come there because you're just gonna play one right after another, right after another, like like NCAA tournament week one situation is. It, you could dominate TV from basically noon every day until, you know, 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, I think, I think it's a fantastic idea. It's not, it's not undoable at all. No, you got that right. However, 
more than likely we are going to find a way to get to the regular 16, uh, whether it is uh, just the 1 through 16 in the NBA standings as opposed to conferences. Um, ben Jump City said that makes sense. Sacramento has that kind of thing too. One of our main sponsors is an almond company. Big company, yeah. but local. Yeah, Memphis does local. the same thing. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, more than likely we will get to they'll, – they'll find a way to bring in as many as they can – and they will find a way to drive it down to 16, and then they will play a regular playoff season, right? Seven games, like seven-game series, and then they'll go from there because they don't... The biggest thing I have heard from all of the officials involved with the NBA is they don't want an asterisk next to this year's this championship. championship. That's that's what I believe, to, too. I've, I've heard that multiple times from several different NBA guys that I've listened to and read is... They really don't want an asterisk of this season. Yeah, they want the champion to be the champion, and people not to say, "Oh, look at that year! That year was weird." We're not going to count that. Yeah, that's it. that's and why I believe it is going to be seven game series all the way through. That they right. won't. They might find a weird ass way to get us there, but if you place, they believe if you play seven game series, the best team wins all those series one hundred percent of the time. And therefore, no matter how you get 16, 22, all 30 in some weird tournament, it doesn't matter. They fully believe the best team will win it all. Yeah. And I and I I think I, I, I agree. agree with them. Yeah. I hate I hate the seven game series early in the series, early in the rounds. It makes their playoffs last so long, but I understand it. Yes, because it gives I every- can dislike it and totally understand why yes. they do it and kind of agree with it. Their choice is to get the best champion they can every year. Yeah, the NCAA tournament is completely different because it is a oh, yeah. game Oh, yeah. Rarely do we think the consensus best team in the country wins that thing. Damien said, why not have a best of three uh, for the exact reasons we were just telling you? Too many upsets, you won't get a true champion. You yeah. just won't. At least not according to NBA standards. Right. Yeah. So... You, you want the best team to be able to win four games and give them the most opportunities to do so. That's so Bill Simmons came up with a, a philosophy of bumping them to five games, but the road team, the the visiting team, or the lower seed only gets one home game. It, well, but it, I mean, does it matter if it's all in the same arena? Like it. Well, no, no. I'm talking about in the future, like the reason why. No, if they're doing the bubble, it doesn't oh, matter. Oh, you're talking about home. for the future. But in the future, right. to just shorten the, the playoffs and make them not last forever, it the, like the reason we have the upsets is is you could go up two games to one and, you know, then go home for two games and you got a chance to, to upset the other team pretty quickly or whatever. Or you win one of the first two games and then you win your two home games the lower seed can win it pretty easily, but if you made it a two-one-two series, then it'd be much harder for the road team to win. That's true. That's true. The and it was short in the season. Now, but once again, these owners don't want less playoff games. No, they, they want, want more. more playoff. Yeah, it's games. better so for TV. Get that anyway. Be- better be for, better the for the sport. The owners won't do it. Uh, the Brown Yeti said to me, "It doesn't matter the format. If you win, you're the best. Even if you were a 16 seed in a normal year." Uh, I agree. I do agree that if you if you go through whatever your playoff series is and you win it, we crown you the champ. And you can argue, well, this team was better than that. I don't care. If you didn't hold the trophy at the end of the year, I'm I'm fully believing that. I, I will say this. I don't agree that that means that you were the best. It means that you were the best at that point. 
But it doesn't um, matter. Well, no, can, it doesn't can, matter. You can, I mean, the champion is champion. You can put all the caveats you want in there. They're the champion. You're not. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I, I won't agree or I won't disagree with that at all. No. Um, but it, but the term best. That's the Bama fan in you saying we missed the playoffs because we couldn't beat LSU or Auburn, but we're still the best team in the country. I get no, it. I understand. No, that's not what that I means get that. at all. It's 100% where that is. That's a, <laughs> You are so ridiculous. I think that's a good spot for us to end the show, to get out of here. You guys have been magnificent. Everybody that's jumped in the comments, we appreciate all of you. As always, you drive the conversation, and we love you for it. Uh, go over to winningcureseverything.com. Make sure you are subscribed on all the different platforms. We're on Periscope every day. We are on Twitch every day, on Facebook, and on YouTube. All of that stuff is fantastic. Uh, ben said main schedule graphic. Yeah, by the way, did you see that? The main football what? schedule graphic? They, they had no. uh, like an offensive lineman catching a touchdown pass. And it's, it's, boy. Just, it's a fat guy with his, his gut hanging out of the jersey, catching a pass one-handed. It was fantastic. That so, makes my heart smile. Yeah. I will be looking that up. Oh, it was really good. I, uh, I retweeted it. You can, you can go check out my uh, Twitter feed, at GaryWCE, everybody. Um, yeah, we love you guys for jumping in the chat. You guys are awesome. Um, I mean, I, I can't thank you enough. Every single day, you help the Hey, show everybody, up. be safe. Yes. Just be safe out there. Gary hey, ends the show every week saying, take, take care, care of yourself. one another. Yeah. Let's take care of one another, please. A hundred percent. Times are a little bit crazy. If you missed what I said at the beginning of the show, make sure that you go back and download the podcast and listen to that. Uh, we want everybody to know what side we're on, and uh, we're on everybody's side. That's the way it goes. So you guys have been magnificent. As always, go to winningcureseverything.com. Go to tunicatravel.com. Tunica, Mississippi is the South's premier sports gambling destination. Uh, as always, I say it every single day, and I'm going to continue to do it from now until the end of time. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And we will see you again tomorrow. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.